0: But given that it is that time of year when Valentine's Day might feel like a nice reminder and also a totally annoying reminder, I thought it would be a good time to bring this conversation with Tin Kim Lam back from the archives. She is a wonderful person I initially met through blogging. And like many old school bloggers over the years, she has made various pivots She is the owner of Body Bookworms, a subscription box meets virtual book club that was created for smart women who enjoy reading well-written romances, and she also is among the amazing AAPI writers helping readers of color see themselves in stories. Tin Kim Lam debuted with Happy Endings in 2021, a sexy second-chance romance about exes with unfinished business. Her new book, Full Exposure, launches this month and is a Mardi Gras rom-com. Both of these novels, of course, feature fun and funny, diverse characters. This conversation is a really wonderful follow-up to the recent Simple Friendship Reboot Tactics episode for a couple of reasons. First, this conversation is all about making intentional choices in your relationships. And second, it's about prioritizing small yet impactful actions. In this interview, Tin Cam and I talk about simple ways to be intentional about relationships and find ways to show your partner you care without spending a ridiculous amount of money and needing truckloads of time that none of us seem to have. We also talk about romance books and the power in the genre and what it means to represent different identities in books. Let's have a listen to this lovely and loving conversation. Okay, listeners, I am very excited about today's episode. It's going to be super romantic. And today we have the wonderful Ten Kim Lim. Hello, hello. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here. I feel like I've known you for quite a long time, but it's mostly been in passing at conferences and we haven't really like had a ton of hang time. So we're doing it on the internet today. Woohoo! Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, so, you know, we are going to be talking about prioritizing romance. This will still be family-friendly listeners. Uh, I know a lot of you listen, you know, while you're doing stuff and around the house with your kids, but I hope this, um, I, I know this conversation will inspire many good things. So we are going to get right back to it after a quick break. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin, but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Rituals products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, and Hyacera is clinically proven to reduce fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash edit for 25% off. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you struggle with boundaries and the general complexities of peopling? Relationships are necessary to our well-being and some relationships are just well complicated. A good chunk of the work I have done in therapy centers on relationships, how to own my part of the story, how to let go of relationships that are toxic, and how to navigate challenging relationships in a way that doesn't drain me. And all of this work helps me show up better for myself and also as a partner, mom, friend, family member, and business owner. If you're thinking of starting therapy, check out BetterHelp. This online therapy platform was designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash edit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash edit. Hello, friends. We are back and we are going to talk about prioritizing romance with the person I'm calling the bodiest bookworm. <laughs> <laughs> I um, like that.
1: It's going on my business card. I think so. All right.
0: Well, so you know, this, I want to start the front half of this episode. This is very typical for us. Like we like both kind of big picture questions and then also sort of like tactical things. So let's talk about arguably the biggest pain point I hear from people, which is time. Um, so many women I talk to, I mean, there are guys that are listen to this podcast too, but I will just say generally that so many people just feel like it's hard to make time You know, maybe especially if you're not in the mood. So what what are your thoughts about that? Well, I'll preface that
1: I've been with my husband since college. We're college sweethearts. Love it. We've been together a long time and sometimes we like each other. Sometimes we don't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I think that making time is important. You know, I know that when you become a mother, so I have two kids, a teen and a tween, that you tend to prioritize your children first. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very natural. That's our instinct. But I, I joke that I want to stay married to my husband. So I do my best to make time. And one thing that I've been thinking about and focusing on recently is intimacy. And I think everybody thinks that intimacy means sex. Because that's how we've been raised, you know, society, media, TV. But I think that because we are we are so busy, we don't take the time to just sit and be with our significant other. Mm-hmm. And that could be just cuddling on the couch and watching TV, you know, spooning at night in bed. If, you know, you don't mind being touched when you're falling asleep. Just things like that or making out. Remember when you used to make out with your partner all yeah. the freaking time. <laughs> um and you know this is something i still struggle with um because you know i'm as you've heard i'm doing all these other things and raising a family but i realized when i take the time to to be intimate in this way like touching but doesn't have to be sexual right Mm -hmm. Uh, i feel more connected with my partner and we don't even have to talk to each other
0: yeah absolutely and i you know i'll i'll I was about to say, you know, because you're also an entrepreneur, um, but I don't think that even matters. But what I was going to say is you, you do have to be quite intentional about, um, you know, making the choice to be together. So you pointed out that, you know, when you have little kids, it's such a slog, you're like barely getting through and absolutely. And I found that, you know, I went through a stretch in, in my career when Violet, who's now eight, was a baby, um where I was I had a lot of things just sort of like popping and new and you know I had this my book deal and all this stuff and I was working basically every night and that was to no surprise disastrous for my relationship mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was not long after that point where I kind of had like a come to Jesus about mm-hmm. it and then and then I was like I'm just I'm not working at night anymore like part of the reason that I have gone freelance and gone into the wild is so I can have more control over my schedule and Part of that involves prioritizing being with my husband in the evening. And as you said, you know, it could just be like hanging out and catching up. But it it took a lot of just I had to like mentally reposition myself. And so I just want to say that because, you know, making time sounds like, oh, OK, I should just do that. But it, it does take a little bit of intention and it's totally worth it.
1: I agree that I usually I don't work most nights and I hardly ever, ever work on weekends because that's how you, that's how you make time. It's too easy to get into the habit of saying, Oh, I'll just look, check my email for 20 minutes.
0: Yeah. It's all about boundaries. All right. Well, okay. So time. Yes. Okay. So um, another thing I want to ask you about is another big bucket category. We're going to talk more about date, date night later. But, you know, the other big pain point I hear from people where it's like barrier to entry barrier to entry is money. (laughs) And I think the reason I was thinking about this and wanted to ask you about it is I feel like maybe this is more of a problem now because of social media and, um, you know, people are doing and sharing all the big fancy things, (laughs) which means and I would be curious if you agree with me, but I just feel like when you see this kind of see these people's life life events and big fancy things on social, you know, that maybe it's like easy to get hung up on the fact that, well, you know, I don't really have the money to do these like fancy romantic things. So why bother? What do you think about that? Am I just making this up? Is this like a theory that I've just made up?
1: I don't think you're making it up. For me, I'm an introvert. So like I see all these big grand gestures and I say, great, that's not, that's not me. That's not for me. <laughs> Um, and I think around you know we're recording this right before Valentine's Day, so there's so much pressure to do these romantic things just for this one holiday, but it's not about spending the money but like the thought and intention that goes behind it so some of the most romantic things my husband has ever done for me is you know he he gets home from work and he'll stop and pick up a soda for me because I am I have an addiction to coke diet coke. <laughs> So he would just surprised me. He's like, I picked you up a two liter of Diet Coke. To me, that means like he was thinking about me after his long day at work, his even longer commute. And he stopped at the store to pick up something for me, mm. you know, uh, things like that. But I think that we don't have, you don't have to spend money to go out on dates or do things together. Right. Because then the pressure is there to find that right restaurant to pick the perfect movie. Um, I think if you, put yourself somewhere like go for a walk if it's nice out go for a walk together and just talk to each other I think that couples don't talk to each other enough in person like I text my husband a lot right it's just easier during the day than calling him at work but when we sit down and talk and you get all that small talk out of the way how was your day and then you really get into getting to know each other again the, the deep thoughts and feelings
0: yeah I agree I think some of my. um you know, we're, well, you said you've got a tween and a teen and, um, our kids are eight and 15. So we have this sort of natural built-in like babysitting or just like, you know, we can leave the kids and it's fine. And one of the greatest joys about that has been the ability to now just like pop out for a walk, like together. And yes. that has been just one of the loveliest, loveliest things. You know, it's, it's kind of, um, actually in a recent episode, Um, Asha and I just talked about this. It's kind of like the same thing you would do for a friendship, where you feel uh, you sort of feel like you're multitasking because you're like walking and nurturing a relationship, but it's really a holistic kind of thing, right? And um, yeah, that has been. I I agree with you. Like, and I know that my husband and I, especially if you're a verbal person, like we feel quite disconnected if we haven't had those moments like to really talk.
1: Yeah, and if you want something easy to do, like my husband and I will take. We call them dates, or we walk. We go to the thrift store and walk around and laugh at all the crazy
0: stuff that people have given away. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, so I love that you mentioned the little Diet Coke thing because, um, you know, one thing that I have learned in almost twenty years of marriage, and you mentioned you guys have been together for a long time, it's probably quite similar. Um, is that people need different things. So let's talk about why it's important to not assume the things that you enjoy are the things that your partner will enjoy. And like, just a little bit about tuning in. Cause I think it's kind of like, I've talked to my kids about the art of gift giving, that it's not just about thinking about what you like and, you know, picking up somebody, a shiny unicorn, something like it's about thinking about what they like. So I feel like this is a skill that people need to develop. Would you agree?
1: Yes. I think in general, not just for you know, marriages, but for being around people and cultivating friendships a few years ago, someone brought up love languages, which I had never heard of. And there's a free quiz online. I think you have to give them your email address and it is faith based for people um, that, that matters um, too. But so my husband and I each took the quiz and we found out that his main love language is touch and mine are acts of service. So there's, I think there's five different love languages. I can't think of them all offhand. Yes, Affirmation. Um, um, I don't remember, but definitely do a search because there's lots of information about it. And it all made sense, right? He needs to, he feels connected by touch, whether it's hugging, holding hands. He's always been a very like touchy feely person, but I never thought of it as a way that makes him feel safe and loved mm-hmm. by me. And for me, it's acts of service because I'm always doing things for other people, right? So if he will do the dishes or, Make the bed or change his sheets and I don't have to bring it up. I'm like, oh, look, he's so thoughtful. He thought about me and he took something off my plate. Um, and so we took the test again, i want to say a couple of years ago. And believe it or not, our love languages changed. Really? <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't taken it in a while, I definitely recommend it. And like touch and acts of service were still important to us. But for both of us, what was at the top was quality time.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's very cool. And, you know, I um, we talk about uh, love languages. And also, um, I don't know if this is the same, in the same sort of description, but I've also heard the term like filling the love tank. So fi- figuring out what mm. fills each other's tank. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just sort of smiling on my side of the mic when you were talking about like the sort of touch and the acts of service, because I am for sure similar to you in the, you know, feeling my love language is acts of service. And one year, um, you know, it was a joke, but he also is, my husband's a therapist and he's very perceptive. And he left um, a piece of paper on my desk um, and it was like a printout from whoever our telecommunications internet people are. Mm -hmm. And there was a big heart around something. And basically he wrote something like, happy Valentine's day. I upgraded our internet speed. <laughs>
1: see that means so much because think of all the work he had to do just to you know change so the
0: effort <laughs> so much extroverting <laughs> i know i exactly and and um so i i thought it was like the most hilarious thing because i was like oh babe that's so romantic <laughs> <laughs> i don't need roses i just need faster internet speed anyway yes that is so good i will um i'm gonna have to get that link to the quiz uh from you because both i want to take it and then also so we can share it in our show notes um and we have a lot more we are going to talk about we're going to go to tactics in the second half of our episode and we will do that after a quick break people often talk about the impact of things like stress hormone fluctuations and nutrition on skin but did you know those things impact your hair too if you've been dealing with hair thinning you are not alone and Nutrifol is here to help Nutrifol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker stronger faster growing hair with less shedding i appreciate that they offer formulas tailored to different life stages such as postpartum and menopause as well as different lifestyles such as plant-based diets in a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol Women's Hair Growth Supplement for six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering Edit Your Life listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code EDIT. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend NutriFol for healthier hair. That's Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com and use promo code EDIT. That's Nutrafol.com using promo code EDIT. As you know, I am all about micro-improvements, and if you'd like to dedicate a little time each day to learn a language, I have a great solution for you. Babbel is a science-backed language learning app that offers 10-minute language lessons designed to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Materials are rooted in real-life situations, so you can learn important basics such as ordering food and asking for directions. Babbel offers personalized learning content, real-time feedback, tracking, and visualizations, and their speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. No matter what level you are looking for, casual, intense, or something in between, you can enjoy app lessons, podcasts, and live classes from the comfort of your home on your schedule. Here's a special limited time deal for Edit Your Life listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for Edit Your Life listeners at babbel.com slash edit. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash edit. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash edit. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back, friends. We are talking with the wonderful Tian Kim Lam about prioritizing romance and this is just like so fun isn't it it is this will be such and you know i got to say this will be such good practice for when you're on book tour for that new book of yours oh uh, thanks yeah exactly so i would love to talk about some simple tactics on this um the back half of this episode because our listeners are all about like you know little little baby steps you can take to make improvements so you know we talked about time And how hard it can be to carve it out. So in your opinion, you know, what is one of the easiest ways, um, you know, to just kind of get into a romantic headspace, like, especially, you know, when it's been a busy day, you're trying to transition and you just want to go there.
1: I think as moms, it's really hard to turn off the mom, the mom, you know, um, role, right? Mm -hmm. You're always thinking about um, what do you have to do the next day to get the kids ready for school or dinner or whatnot? So I try to do something that will kind of take me out of that mom space and into just me. And I think that feeling romantic and sexy has to do with how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. So doing something small, like putting on lipstick, which I totally put on lipstick before my call with you, even though we don't even see each other. I love it.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> or, you know, I'm a lipstick girl, too. So I love it.
1: Yeah, I don't wear I, you know I work from home, so I don't wear lipstick every day. it's just me and the cat so I don't think he appreciates my lipstick um (laughs) but little things like you know wear some uh, undies that make you feel really sexy and I know that's like it's hard for mom mom bodies right because we don't all have time to work out and I've never been skinny so I'm not I won't even go there but just something that makes you feel good maybe it's a, a nightgown you like or you get to rub on that hand cream that you only use when nobody's around because you don't want to share it. Yeah. Things like that, that that just make you feel special. And so like you can just kind of hone into your physical self, right? Relax your brain. And that way when you do sit down and cuddle with your partner, then the opening is there. Mm-hmm. But don't um, don't make yourself feel pressured to have sex with your partner if you're not in the mood. But I think that's a good way to start things off and see how it goes.
0: I love that because, um, you know, it's occurring to me, it really makes me uh, think about the idea of really focusing on yourself first, which, you know, when you talk about romance, it's always like it's occurring to me. I always feel like it's framed as like, oh, okay, you know, what are we going to do together and what are we what am I going to do for my partner or whatever? But I love this. Just, it just feels like a teeny tiny, but really, really important shift because, yeah, especially as moms, when you're doing stuff for other people all the time, like the, I think it was when you s- said the thing about the hand cream and like, you know, taking out the secret hand cream that you mm-hmm. don't want to share with other people. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense.
1: I recommend there's a great book uh, by Emily Nagowski called Come As You Are, and she is a scientist. And she kind of breaks down in very easy to understand language about how women's brains work when it comes to romance and sex. And I read this book and I was nodding my head the whole time like that, you know, like, aha, like I, it has to do with being able to shut off that that analytical side of your brain because arousal taps into a different part of your brain. And it, it, this is totally normal, It happens to a lot of women. Um. So that's Come As You Are by Emily Nagowski. Highly recommend it. Mm,
0: so great. Yeah, I will definitely link that up in the notes. Um. All right. Well, we talked about in the front half of the episode, we talked about date night a little bit. And I want to talk about it a little further because I have to say I kind of love and hate that term <laughs> because I just it just feels like a lot of pressure or I know it did when my kids were really little and those nights felt so few and far between and there was just like so much pressure to make it like the best night ever. So what do you recommend when it comes to, you know, date night, you finally figure out how to carve it out. Like how, how do you kind of make the most of it without be it being a totally pressured situation?
1: I feel you by the pressure. I, my husband and I have not gone on a lot of dates since we, we became parents and my oldest is 14 and a half. So that says a lot. Uh, but this year I, I looked at him. I said, "Hey, let's for this year. Let's try to go on one date every month. And this is the part for me. We're gonna take turns planning it. Ooh, because that, I, I think
0: that's a really smart exercise,
1: right? Because for me, like the planning is what makes my brain hurt. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I have to plan anyway because I want to make sure the kids like know what they're gonna eat for dinner before I leave the door. You know, things like that." Um. But the fact that I don't have to like research where to go. And the other rule that I made was that we couldn't go see a movie because we wanted to have quality time together, not to sit in the dark mm. because we could Netflix and chill, Right. Um, and so he planned the first one. We went bowling. Love um, it. I'm still terrible at bowling.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> so there were a lot of laughs. That's good.
1: <laughs> we had fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then this month is my turn. And I still have no idea what I'm doing. but at least we know it's going to happen and i think we're also modeling this for our children right like mm-hmm. healthy relationships take time to go out and mm-hmm. be with each other without other people around without our kids and i want them to know that that yes they are important in our lives but our relationship is also important
0: absolutely i think that's that's a huge thing you know i sort of joke with my girls like sometimes because i i do you know, I've had my share of crummy relationships, and I want them to like you know aim high and and like be with people who really value them. But I love that you're also you know, I don't know if you're talking explicitly about it or not. it doesn't matter, but the idea that you're um just that little again a little small shift of alternating who's organizing it, I think is a really big deal because women often are in the driver's seat for organizing all the things and that just shows you know this is a two you know relationships two-way street and it's it's good for both people to be involved so i think that's i think that's totally genius
1: thanks because i don't want to have to resent date night because i'm the one researching everything yes. i even told him like don't even ask me if you think i'm going to like it i like i don't even want an input i just want to show up <laughs> i
0: love it i am so into that <laughs> that is incredible um okay so I told you I wanted to talk about books. There's okay. Well, first I will say there are a number of things we could likely cover about getting into a romantic headspace. And we talked just a little bit, a few, a few moments ago about just, you know, doing something nice for yourself. But I selfishly want to talk about romance books because this has been a more recent genre discovery for me. Yay! And I know, and <laughs> it was actually accidental. Like I, um, Helen Huang's books, like kept popping up in my recommendations. And I, I ordered it from the library and then I sort of freaked out when I flipped it over and I was like, contemporary romance, like, what is this? <laughs> um, and I we have gotcha. to admit, Yeah. Well, I have to admit the thing that I was like, this is not okay. Like I felt like immediate stigma, which I think is just total social shenanigan nonsense. And so part of my talking about romance books is like, we got to like break down the stigma because these books are great. And her books in particular, I was like, These are like complex characters and great plot lines like these are these are just books just with a little steam layered off layered on top. So um, I would love to hear more about your thoughts, whether you agree with that that sort of interpretation or not. And I also would love to hear about your favorite authors.
1: (laughs) Okay, those are hard questions. Well, I started reading romance at a very young age, middle school, because I read everything else in the bookmobile and there was nothing left for me to read, but all these oh harlequins. God, <laughs> and that's how I fell in love with them. Like, look at these women who are fighting for what they want in life, right? Many of them were very sassy, very independent. And they found a man, they're all, you know, back then they were all heterosexual and white. They found a man who was, who gave them what they wanted in life and in bed. They might have to fight to get to that point, but that was stuck out to me was the agency and independence. And I didn't realize so much la- later that you know, reading romance books is a feminist act because they're m- the majority of them are written by women for women. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'll get more to the but now that di- as a diversity has changed, you know, I can't, I don't want to use those generalized terms anymore, but that was how I discovered them. And recently, in the last five or six years i've gotten back into reading romance and it has changed so much and before like all the harlequins were you know white women most of them blonde hair blue eyes or red hair you know like just i couldn't relate to them Yes, right and then this thankfully with the internet and social media i started searching i'm like there's got to be romances for people who look like me romances for people with brown skin you Mm know and later i said there's I know there's romance out there that are not just heterosexual. Um, and the thing, what a mix of romance is that it is a love story with a happy ending, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the promise of the genre. No matter what happens, the couple or the throuple has to end up together.
0: Tell me about some of your favorite authors.
1: <laughs> okay. It's too hard to choose. <laughs> I will tell you what I've read recently that I absolutely recommend. I just finished reading the worst best man by Mia Sosa. And it is, if you like enemies to lovers, so th- there's what we call tropes in romance, just like movies. And it's an enemies to lovers and it's set in DC, which is, oh, how I live in the DC area. So I love, and it, the, the heroine, she's Brazilian American and her family, they're a riot. Basically she got stood up at the altar. Um, And the person who told her that her fiancé left was his brother. And it was his fault because while they were drunk the night before, he talked his brother out of marrying her. Well, it turns out three years later, they have to work together. (laughs) Because this job she really wants. And he's trying to get this account. He's in uh, PR and marketing. And they, of course, have to work together. And sparks fly. And, you know, emotions come out. But it's so much fun. Her characters are so alive. And I love... Like um, there's this one point where he walks up to her in the middle of the street and she's with her cousin. Her cousin starts taking off her earrings and tying her hair up. I'm like, you're in trouble now, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's so funny. It just, to me, like it felt like a, a reading a rom-com movie, mm-hmm. but with sex, like super hot sex.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I want to pause and also say, and this is my... You know, as somebody who's newer to the genre um, and still sort of learning it, like I didn't even know that it's always like a happy ending. <laughs> so uh, clearly, I'm not quite totally alert. But I have found that in my sort of reading so far, that there's definitely um, like a, a, a lot of variation in how much heat there is. <laughs> yes. So so and so that was surprising to me because you know my first book being Helen Huang, like her, I feel like hers oh, are quite yeah. spicy, whereas. Um, I would say like Jasmine Guillory is like sort of medium spice. And then I recently read um, The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren, who's actually like two people, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was like pretty mild. So I think that's a one one thing I want to mention, because it's it's kind of all over the place, you know, and I don't know if authors are always traditionally like that. You know, if they write a particular level of spice, if they stay with that, I don't know.
1: It depends on the author and and what they like to write. But I would recommend either, mm, I would say, I almost said go on Goodreads, but that's kind of a weird place to read reviews. Definitely talk to trusted people. And there are some great blogs out there uh, that you can look up. And I, I can send you some links. Love and Panels is a fantastic blog for romance readers. There's some great podcasts for romance readers. And they'll let you know, like, if you're looking for, you know, uh, friends to lovers, romance with not a lot of heat. Then this book is for you.
0: Oh, perfect! Yeah,
1: yeah. Because romance is is a huge genre. So there's subgenres, and there's I mean, there's inspirational romance, which is faith based. There's, um, fantasy romance. I mean, there's so much out there. Like, if you're looking for it, you something you want, someone has probably written it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I actually have one one more funny question just about books, and this is like. So I was having a funny discussion on Instagram, um, actually, with the wonderful author, author Catherine Center, who I don't know if you want if you know her, but she's lovely. And actually, I was surprised to see she's a wonderful novelist, and um, I was surprised to see one of her books on a romance list because in my mind I had just categorized it as a novel because there's not a lot of heat in those, but they are love stories. And now I'm understanding that okay, of course her books could be in that category. And we were joking; she was joking about how. Um, you know, for some covers, like she wants to lean into the sort of like, you know, cover that's like got the bosoms on <laughs> whatever, but she she can't quite get there. So like if you is is there anything you would recommend to sort of like get over that? I guess how do we get over ourselves? Like when we go to the library and you kind of want to get the like, you know, I'm thinking of my of me personally at the library where I'm usually getting all manner of like very like serious novels and whatever. Um I, I don't know. I guess do you just you just go for it, like add it to your stack, slip it in and not worry about it. <laughs> well, my library has self, self-checkout, but I understand oh. where you're coming from. <laughs> wow, that's genius.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I say just own it. People are always going to judge what you do, right? They judge me for um, not nannying my kids correctly. Right? Uh-huh. It's, it's it's on them. That's their assumption that um, romance books are smut and not good writing. Because, you know, I'm gonna say it because of the patriarchy and misogyny. Because how dare women write books just for them? How dare we read books that are about women finding what they love and doing what they want in life? Um, so I say own it and read it and tell people about it because what's gonna happen is that there's somebody else there who feels the same way as you do and they're just dying to find another person who reads romance, which is one of the reasons I started body bookworms because we do, we have a Facebook group where we do talk about these things because they've been judged for reading these books and, and enjoying them. And we need to make it okay. Right. Tell people to just, you like to read Stephen King. Look, I love Stephen King too, but his books become very repetitive Mm -hmm. just like other genre fiction writers. But we find comfort in those books Mm-hmm. Right. My husband reads James Patterson to me after like three books. They're all the same with different people. Um, but he loves them because they're fun. Like I love romances because they're fun. There's nothing wrong with it. So don't yuck somebody's yum.
0: Yeah, I love it. And I will say, I think you're right. I think we have to talk about it because I've i had a number of people write to me and say, all right, I'm going in. I'm trying it. And I'm like, yay, you'll love it. And, you know, also, you know, I'd mentioned being sort of like reading my serious you know, novels like I actually experimented in January with, um, you know, cause I'm very committed to reading, um, women of color authors, especially. And, um, a lot of the books I I've just found in the past, sometimes a lot of the books that I'm reading, especially about cultural stuff is like just really heavy. <laughs> and yes. so it's a lot, right? So in January I was like, you know what, I'm going to alternate, you know, reading my like serious novel with, um, reading like a lighter romance novel. And it was wonderful. It was just such a delightful, like just to shift up the cadence like that. I loved it. Um, This has been so delightful. And, um, you know, as you might uh, know, at the end of each episode, Asha and I share what we call your next edit, which is something, you know, simple and doable that listeners can consider doing straight away. So I would love to know what your next edit is for this episode.
1: I think finding that one thing At night to add to your ritual that helps you unwind and feel good about yourself. So whether it's that hand cream that you hardly ever use because it's so expensive and using it every night or, you know, changing it, like buying a nightgown that makes you feel happy instead of that T-shirt from college that has holes in it. (laughs) Just (laughs) something to add to your evening ritual to just to take off the day and be your fabulous, even more fabulous self.
0: I love that. I think that's perfect. It's easy. It's doable. Listeners, you can do it tonight. Um, Chen Kim, thank you so much for this delightful and fun conversation. I, I, I think it's going to change the way people do things. And so thank you. I can't. I'm just so grateful that you took the time today. Thank you. I can't wait to hear about your next date. Yes, indeed. Okay, friends, you'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources and related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. As ever, I would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at Edit Your Life Show or send an email to EditYourLifeShow at gmail.com. I would also be grateful if you would drop Edit Your Life, a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about the show. Thanks for listening.